0: There's times where uh, you go out for a run and you you feel like your body has failed you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and it's it's like I went through a stage where I just was like I just like hated my body um, because I felt like it was almost like betraying me, and you just have to get to a point and uh, and of course like the uh, people God put people in my path that were able to mentor me and encourage me and. Uh, provide like light that I couldn't see on my own, mm-hmm. uh, and just come to to know that the body is uh, the body does things to help you to 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 save you from yourself almost.
2: This episode of the Smart Athlete podcast is brought to you by skin Skincare for athletes. Whether you're in the gym, on the mats, on the road, or in the pool, we protect your skin so you're more comfortable in your own body. To learn more, go to soulfree.com. On today's episode of the Smart Athletes Podcast, my guest is a former collegiate runner for Division I school. Um, She was on track to be a registered dietitian and made a large jump and is now a doctor of chiropractic medicine. Welcome to the show today, Rebecca Aldridge.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on it.
2: So, we were kind of talking a little bit before the show um, that you ran in college, obviously, like I just said, and then had been off for a little while. Um, can you share a little bit about like your experience as a collegiate runner and kind of what went on that, that, you know, led to this break?
0: Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, being a, I mean, I, I love running, like I still love running, super passionate about it. Um, being a, Collegiate runner. Um, I think I overdid it a little bit, <laughs> stressed the body a lot. I was, um, I ran. I mean, I ran what I was told, and then I did extra on the side, um, like a lot of swimming and uh, biking uh, on top of the running, which put a lot of stress on the body. Um, I never got like physically injured, but um, I, at the beginning of senior year, at the end of June no, beginning of senior year, um, I just like performance just started uh, decreasing. Um, it just became really, really hard to run. Um, and we thought it was like mono or something. Um, but then I, I got my blood tested and it was uh, thyroid issues. And then soon after that, I uh, got shingles. So like shingles is like chicken pox, but Times 10. <laughs> yeah, was,
2: just chicken pots yeah. for adults.
0: Yeah. And it was uh, like all on my face and like on the roof of my mouth. And that just like really fatigued my body. So uh, I think I redshirted, I think I redshirted indoor track too, or at least cut it short. I'm not sure. And then uh, outdoor track. And so that just kind of halted things. And it just, it never got any easier to run after a while and so um I was on the track to be a dietitian and then um I'm during that time I um of course like whenever your your health falls apart like that you're a bit distraught and um, especially being a runner like runners I mean you have to love what you do to run so many miles yeah um but it was it was it was my tragedy and I met, uh, medical doctors couldn't really explain, like, of course you wanna know why, like why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And uh, a chiropractor explained it to me in a way that uh, really made sense, um, talking about the nervous system and how all the, all the nerves um, in your, in your uh, spine, they go to different organs. Um, I mean, right now it's, like the more I learn, the more I'm like, wow, it's so complex, like the body's amazing um but that was like wow he's he gave me hope and i just clung to that hope that um that i my body could heal and he just kept on reinforcing that your body can heal and um i mean granted it, it took a while but uh with with that i discovered a, a love for chiropractic and i decided to go to chiropractic school um and uh, I continued my healing journey through chiropractic school. Um, ran into some functional medicine, and uh, mm-hmm. that helped a lot to uh, address the the nutritional deficiencies. And um, then I, I ran into what I um, I what I have uh, what I have. Uh, taken and sort of ran with. It's called a biogeometric integration, mm-hmm. and it's a sort of it's a way of viewing the body. And they explained things in a in a way that made in- incredible sense. And it, it looks at the body and how um, the body can store past traumas, whether it uh, be physical, chemical, or emotional. Um, And how all of those three things, both the physical component, the chemical, and the emotional can uh, cause um, uh, disease in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And that by releasing those and figuring out what those are can help encourage healing. Um, And so that, that was one of the things that after discovering that in chiropractic school, I um I sort of ran with it, and uh it's provide a lot provided a lot of insight and and uh hope and healing
2: so we've got we got a lot to unpack there,
0: <laughs> yeah sorry, you get, I love you know, the, have a pretty a bunch long of information. story you know
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's like so I kind of want to go back a little bit to college and it's like um I guess if you're like me and I think. Most runners at that level, and probably you, especially since you're overachieving, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, how do you deal with the kind of identity shift? Like you know, I think about there's an entrepreneur who talks about how runners run because that's their identity. Like
1: well,
2: you know, it's not a matter of discipline. like that's it's what we do. Mm-hmm. So, when you're unable to do that anymore, or at least for the time being, like, how do you do you remember how you dealt with that or like what you kind of went through?
0: Yeah. Um, so, it was tough <laughs> because you want to cling to it. And there's like, there's times where uh, you go out for a run and you're, you feel like your body has failed you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like I went through a stage where I just was like, I just like hated my body. Um, because I felt like it was almost like betraying me and you just have to get to a point And, uh, and of course, like the, uh, people, God put people in my path that were able to mentor me and encourage me and, uh, provide like light that I couldn't see on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just come to, to know that the body is, uh, the body does things to help you, to, to, to save you from yourself almost. Mm -hmm. Um, so even if it seems tragic or, uh, or like it's holding you back, it's really doing something to help you, uh, to protect you from yourself a lot of times. And that's what it was doing for me. Um, I mean, I think if I would have kept running, I would have just ran and ran and ran and Mm -hmm. uh, something else would have happened. But, um, and it also, uh, it forced me to draw close to God Um, and kind of seek him for comfort whenever, because a lot of times, uh, running serves as, as a strategy to run away from issues Mm -hmm. or almost, uh, your own thoughts. And so instead of running away, I started focusing more on God Mm -hmm. and really, uh, developed my connection with him and, uh, spiritual, uh, spirituality, I guess. Mm-hmm. 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 So, I mean, it is it is, it is hard, but get through it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see if I can remember. So, uh, you're talking about the, the body is kind of like um, its own line of defense against you. I'm always kind of interested in like the mind-body connection and this kind of interplay between what we're doing physically and, and and the mind and and what you may even call you know the spirit. There's kind of an intermingling there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it,
2: it, so you know, there's. I, I kind of talk about this in, in another interview uh, I did earlier this week with a gentleman named Chris Douglas. He 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 went through a race, and uh, it was a triathlon. And he pushed himself so hard. That he passed out and like had there not been aid available to him, like he could have ended up dying.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so there's always a struggle, which you're very familiar with about the body telling you to stop, like when you're running, or like when you know you talk to people that are new to running, they're like trying to figure out how to deal with that voice in their head that says mm-hmm. stop. And then you know you and I both know how to kind of negotiate that and work hard.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: I'm kind of curious if you have an opinion on. You know, having been on the other side, where your body's just put the brakes on you, regardless of what you wanted. Do you think there's a good way to find a balance between pushing the line and not falling over the line? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, yes. Yeah, so that that really it it takes a lot of practice mm-hmm. um, and being. And being okay with what uh, with what your body says, because there, I mean, there is. So there is. Uh, we are mind, body, and spirit. Like we are. We're three. There's three components to us. You you have your mind, your body, and and your spirit. And your mind. Um, there's different thoughts. So that's it's an, that's an interesting, an interesting question that you brought up but um so there there's thoughts that are that are almost limiting
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um thoughts that are that are lies and it's really hard to identify identify those lies unless you know the truth that you can focus on um and you you practice i mean we practice this in in running too um and then there's your body that you listen to your body, but your thoughts can almost, uh, your thoughts will influence your body as well. Mm. So finding that balance, it takes, it takes a lot of practice and a willingness to listen to what your body is saying and to what your thoughts are saying. Um, and taking time to match those does that does that make sense at all?
2: yeah, I think i'm I think I'm with you. Um, I think the the struggle for me and and probably probably hopefully for for other people is like, you know how do you deal with discerning what voice to listen to? you know what I mean when you have these competing mm-hmm. ideas, you have the ego that says, you know, I want to go faster and the very Literal physical response of, you know, lactic acid build up, and then that you know corresponding voice that says, "No, we don't need to go quite that fast." And, and there's this there's competition, um, you know, and then all the other things that are at play, you know, um, people that maybe have. I have this theory about which you kind of touched on a little bit, like a theory mm-hmm. about. Um, people that have trauma or have something that they're running away from often end up in running because it's a way to cope. Yep. So it's like you have all these competing voices, and in, in to me, I guess I'm after like, if you have any insight or thoughts on, is there a way to discern that? Is there any way to kind of feel out what the clarity, like what the true thought is within your mind, at least in your own experience?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, to figure out the clarity in your own mind, all right, uh, for me that uh, that involves prayer mm-hmm. um, because that is the truth, whenever it comes from God, that is the truth, and that will override the the thoughts um, and if and sort of knowing the obsessive type behavior. And if you feel horrible about yourself for not doing something, then it's probably something that you need to disconnect from in a sense. So like if you, if you beat yourself up for missing a run, that's not a good thing mm-hmm. that um, that means that you're overdoing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but like during a race, uh, a race or a workout, that, I mean, that's that's really tough because you want to keep pushing. And, of course, like if you're running with other team members, then you're going to be competitive. Um, and I think that's really good. But there – and I guess there isn't really a clear answer because it's mm-hmm. different for everyone. Right. So it's more of a trial and error, I suppose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Does that answer no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, you're fine.
2: Um, you know, it's just like, so we each all have our own experiences. You know, there's like there's a commonality. You know, we can go back to the philosophical question of like, is red that I see the same red that you see? And oh yeah, without diving too deep into that, I would say mm-hmm. yes. Aside from somebody maybe that's colorblind, um, but you, you know we all. Are living within our own tracks of life. Like,
1: mm-hmm. I haven't
2: lived your life. You haven't lived my life. And, and so I kind of like to explore the seeing if there's a common language between what I experience and what you experience. And, you know, because that's how we build a bridge. Like,
1: mm-hmm. we're
2: not to the point, of, as far as I know, that we're not psychic. Like, we can't communicate via just thoughts. Yeah. You yeah. have to use this language, this clumsy language to try to, to get you know, across whatever it is we're trying to communicate.
1: Um,
2: anyway, so it's just like I I know I have trouble sometimes discerning like what's the right thing. Is there a certain ways, you know, the correct thought feels like do I have a moment of anxiety and is that anxiety what I should lean into, or is it a moment of relief? And it's not always the same thing. So I was just kinda curious if like if you'd experienced that or if, if that was any part of your process to you know, figure out what that, what that truth was.
0: Oh yeah. Um, so do you mean like experiencing those emotions during uh, a run or just during everyday life?
2: Could be, could be either. Um, you know, say you're struggling with something. I know, um, often I'll kind of have like a, like an anxious feeling or, which is really a fear.
1: Mm -hmm. And then
2: I know for me, typically that's, that's what it is that I need to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, um, like starting the podcast is a good example. You know, just sitting down to talk to people that I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes you're like, "Well, what, what, what if I don't know what to say, or what if they're they think I'm dumb, or you know, there's, there's this fear about, yeah. um, to do it." But mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that anxiety is really telling you it's important, like, or at least to me, it's telling me it's important to me. And mm-hmm. that's something I need to tackle. So, I know not everybody's necessarily going to be anxious about the things I would be anxious about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I use this kind of process of, I'll call it like emotional rationalization, where it's like, I'm piecemealing through the emotions I'm feeling in somewhat of a rational manner, as, as rational as you can be with your emotions mm-hmm. to figure out what I should be doing, and like what to listen to.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, like I said, I, that's kind of what I was after. Is like, have you experienced that? Am I on, on my own little island?
0: <laughs> oh no, that I definitely like during through the course of a day. I feel like I feel so many different emotions. <laughs> like I go through. It's it's interesting. Like if you kind of pay attention. Uh, but what I what I've found or and if, in observing people that are very like strong in their communities or um, leaders, I suppose, um, is that they they feel all those emotions, but they don't make decisions based on their emotions. They make decisions on a higher truth that they know rather than feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. If, so it's almost like um, it's almost like, the emotions are sort of chaos, in a sense, like just surrounding you and uh, to go to figure out what to do, you almost, you, you can pay attention to them, but you have to have a, a core of a deeper truth um, to make decisions on. Does that, does that make sense at all? That's yeah, no, my I'm understanding anyways. Yeah, okay. I'm
2: with you. Okay. Um, so as we kind of continue forward, uh, keep in mind, I'm not picking on you. My dad taught Sunday school for a number of years. He was a teacher as a profession and then taught Sunday school and he always loved to play devil's advocate. So if I'm poking at you, it's because I've inherited that trait from him.
0: Oh no, that's fine. Do it. Um,
2: Because that often that distills, you know, your values a little bit quicker than just me saying, what what do you think? You know? Um, So like, how do you do you personally and like, you know, how do you find that, that, that kind of core belief or that higher, higher truth when you're muddled in the noise and the cloud of all those emotions that you, know, you might experience on any given day?
0: Yeah, um, so a big thing, uh, so I, I guess I'll, I'll say three things. One um, is journaling is really good mm-hmm. um, because it kind of helps you see the fuzz almost. Mm -hmm. Um, having a mentor or multiple mentors that kind of rein you in and tell you or, uh, help you see, um, beyond the, the fuzz of the emotions Mm -hmm. and also, uh, knowing the truth. So I, I spending time in the Bible and knowing what, uh, God says who I am, because then Mm -hmm. I know who I am based on what he says that I am. Um, and that, that has been really important for me anyways, is uh, using the Bible as my foundation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, okay, uh, my brain is telling me this. It's saying you're not good enough to do this. But mm-hmm. wait, no, that's not the truth. I know Christ says that I am good enough. It says in the Bible, um, I mean, various scriptures that we are equipped to do whatever he has led us to do. Um And things of that nature, Uh, just so the journaling for identifying what, what you're thinking about, um, having a mentor to kind of rein you in from your scattered thinking, Mm -hmm. and then three, uh, spending time in the truth so that you know how to combat those, those lies or those uh, false beliefs that are kind of uh, fuzzing your thinking.
1: Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm.
2: That's actually a pretty succinct answer. So it's <laughs> a little bit better than I was hoping for, to be to be frank. Usually, um, so get like a bullet point list, like this is what you got to get down, like get to work.
0: <laughs> I've thought about that one a lot, though. So
2: <laughs> well, that, that's fair. I mean, that's why I talk to people. It's like trying to figure out, you know, I, like I said, we don't all have the, it's the same experience. So like, part of the show is, you know, giving a, a platform. people like yourself where it's like, I wouldn't necessarily think about it or even like think to talk about it. So, it's like getting a different perspective on things Mm -hmm. and and figuring out how to relate. Um, So, I have two things that are kind of tied together. So, one thing that I'm sure you kind of run into a lot, um, and I'm curious how you deal with this, because I think you probably deal with it pretty well, is like, how do you deal with like the mainstream criticisms of chiropractors not being real, like medical practitioners, um, I th- like immediately comes to mind. I don't know if you ever watched Two and a Half Men, mm-hmm. but Alan is a chiropractor, and like that's that's the running like joke for the entire series. It's like you're not a real doctor. Like so, h- how do you deal with that? Since I mean, obviously this is something that's very important to you, not just you know, a, not just a profession you picked out of the hat.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually, I haven't ran into that too much. I mean,
1: okay.
0: I'm also pretty fresh out of school though. That's fair. Um, and I think the most powerful thing is to share what it has done for you. Like with anything, uh, your testimony is more powerful than really any research. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I use that, um, as almost as proof as to what chiropractic can do. I mean, granted, every everybody's different, um, and then just share with them my knowledge and um, and with if I if I have a chance to talk with someone, they will uh, they will see and understand. Um, I I have mixed feelings about research because I know how it can be manipulated. So, mm-hmm. um, but I I mean, I have put in the time to look at. Uh, the areas of the brain that are, um, that are activated by uh, chiropractic adjustments. And I mean, with BGI, biogeometric integration, I, I work with all areas of the body. I work with the soft tissue and, um, and I I release and wherever I find it, which will also um, release emotions sometimes. And uh, help people with their thought processes. And um, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I kind of went on a tangent. No, ta- <laughs>
2: tangents are what I do. Like, that's, okay. I, I live on tangents, so that, <laughs> no problem.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so, I'm like, c- can we go back a little bit with, I mean, your introduction to biogenometric integration was because of your issues. As a runner, and you kind of touched on that a little bit, but can you like relive a little bit for us, like starting, you know, before you had encountered anything, and then kind of going through the process, like how'd you feel? What did you, you know, think? You know, what was that process like for you?
0: Um, with biogeometric integration (BGI).
2: Yeah, so so from like when you were running in college, and then your body was basically like. You're done. I'm done with you. This is shenanigans. Yeah. And then, and then going through kind of your healing process.
0: Oh, okay. Um. So, uh, after, uh, kind of having a, a system crash, <laughs> I like to call it. Um. I discovered uh, chiropractic, and they explained how, uh, all of so whenever you're, uh, de- developing your your, uh, spinal. Cord develops first and um, from your spinal cord develops your organs and then from your organs your muscles and so mm-hmm. your organs are deeply connected to your spinal cord and that's how they get the nerve the the communication from your brain
1: mm-hmm. so if
0: your spinal cord is at all being hindered um, then your organ function will not be at its best and so they explained that to me and I was like oh my gosh that's amazing and so he, I, I went to chiropractic school and I just uh, like, you know, that feeling when you, there's just kind of something missing or something that you're not getting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I was, I was like, man, there's just something more. Um, there's something that I'm not getting, or there's something that I need to find. And eventually I found uh, BGI. It was through, it was through a seminar Um, I went to a lot of seminars like outside of school uh, training and Uh, I've met somebody who did something similar and then kind of educated me on, on what it was. And so BGI, it, it looks at, it it looks at the body in a very different way. And um, it, it explained how your, life experiences, if not uh, dealt with or uh, they call it in- integrated, then it, it can get stored in your body um, because you weren't able to deal with it at the time. So then your body deals with it for you and holds on to that tension. And so by releasing it in the body, you release it in the mind as well. And uh, you're able to deal with it once it's released from the body.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so, that,
0: so like so for t- t- you
2: personally, like how did how did that progression work?
0: The progression.
2: So, like from being injured and everything going haywire to like feeling better, like, how did that affect you personally?
0: Oh, affect, oh, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, uh, I mean, and not only not only with the injury, but I dealt with eating disorders in the in the past, and so that wasn't fully dealt with and So it just totally helped my mindset. And I mean, I I know what it feels like to be so low and to experience the like the darkness and of uh, like what comes with eating disorders and with being injured. And um, and it's it's a really sad place. And to be able to understand almost and to be able to see the experience uh, without judgment, mm-hmm. I suppose, and to have it um, be a part of me in a in a good and supportive way through uh, the use of through I mean through the experiences that I've had with chiropractic is it's just I mean it's really amazing and. Uh, I, I think that we go through really tough, low lows in order to be that person that we needed Mm -hmm. whenever we were at that stage. Um, and so I'm, I'm ready to be that person for other people, um, who are in that low, Mm -hmm. um, whether it be because of something that I've gone, something similar that I've gone through or something different, but they still have that really low, low, um, and I think uh, people just, people need uh, the hope. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? I think I answered it indirectly again.
2: <laughs> That's okay. Like I said, I live on tangents. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like, how, how does BGI differ from, like, also, and, and keep in mind, I, I'm coming at this from, uh, I don't know a whole lot about chiropractic medicine. Yeah, so
0: definitely. like
2: how does BGI different, different from like average Joe chiropractor down the street? Like, I mean, how is a practice different? Like, you know, how would I differentiate why one would be better for me than the other?
0: Okay. So that it's a very dense question. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so BGI, it looks at uh, the volumes of the body. And so it looks at the body more as a whole and as a, as a volume. Um, and uh, with being trained in BGI, they really teach you to be able to feel the body. So that means, um, are you, okay, so say your hands are drawn somewhere and it's like, okay, why, why am I drawn here? What is it? Um, is it, is it uh, a vertebra? Is it muscle? Is it connective tissue? Is it from an organ? Is it, uh, and then how does it feel? Is it squishy? Is it dense? Uh, What is it from? Um, So they teach you to feel and to be able to analyze and figure out where it's coming from. So if I'm drawn somewhere, then I can, I'm like, okay, where is this coming from? Oh, the tension, it's going deeper. It's going down into their abdomen oh, I wonder if they're having uh, stomach issues or intestinal issues. So then you kind of ask that and they're like, oh, no, no. no." But, and so you're led there and then, uh, and then so you address where you're led to. And then, um, so by releasing, by uh, releasing the tension at the abdomen, that will release uh, tension that I was first led to. Mm -hmm. Um, And they teach you kind of to feel, is this from a chemical imbalance? Like, are they really inflamed? Maybe they're, eating something they're allergic to, maybe they're living in a toxic environment, Um, or is it more just structural? Maybe they fell. Um, So it really teaches you to um, feel and to learn how to trace the tension from its source and analyze it to see where it's coming from and how it got there.
2: Okay, so then, so like, say a say a non BGI practitioner, like, obviously, it's hard to speak for them since that's not what you are. But it, from the best knowledge that you have, like, how would they approach, you know, a, a client, say the same client,
0: mm-hmm. similar
2: situation? You know, do you have any idea how they would approach it?
0: Uh, yeah, so I think over time, it just becomes natural for people to develop a, a sensor. I mean, if you if you're curious and have that curiosity, it's natural to develop that. Um, but uh, in a in a sense, so there's so many different types of chiropractic. There's so many, um, but it's it's common for to see like the uh, the surface and to just go for the surface rather than to trace it and uh, release its entirety rather than just surface level. I can't speak for all chiropractors because I think that chiropractic in itself is amazingly healing.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, This is just my flavor of chiropractic. Right. Um, And so I, I mean, if there's a sense of connection that you get with BGI, um, like a sense of being seen um, and understood that I don't know. I think that, that uh, that's what I've noticed with it anyways, but there's, and it, it also depends on the chiropractor. It, because chiropractic in itself is healing. This is just, a, this is a, a version of it that I find to be more complete.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. um
2: So here's I'm, another thing I'm kind of curious about. And again, this comes from a place of like, I love to play devil's advocate and kind of push people's buttons a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of give a little bit of backstory. It makes me kind of think about. this question is prompted by thinking about a math professor I had. So, one of my undergraduate majors was in mathematics and this lady uh, was a very devout Mormon, very intelligent, but I always kind of had an an issue in the sense that I was like, I didn't understand how she could both be this very logical, highly thought-out mathematician and also have faith. Now, that being said, I'm Older and <laughs> have a broader view of the world than I did at that point in time. But um with BGI, you, you know, you kind of talked about, and feel free to correct me at any point mm-hmm. in time, um, how you know thoughts and emotions and experiences all can be, I'll say traumatic, that I don't want to put words in your mouth, mm-hmm. um, and affect the body, and that those things can be adjusted or released. How do you navigate that kind of integration of the whole body thought where we're talking about mind and body and emotions and experience all together and also stay away from pseudoscience because you know there's there's plenty of things that like sound good mm-hmm. but aren't necessarily valid so like how do you walk that line
0: yeah for sure um and I think it, so pseudoscience as in what? what would be another example of
2: so, so I like to. So, there's um, I'm trying to remember the organization's name. So, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's organization, Goop. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'll sell, I don't know specifically, she'll sell like stickers that get rid of toxins, and those are just
0: oh, eccentric, yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Like, yeah,
2: you know, so that's like it's pseudoscience, or it's like it sounds mm-hmm. like science, but they're like, there's no research, there's no, you know, it's. It feels good to people. It kind of preys on this idea that they have a problem and you have a solution and here it is. And then, you know, she's a big star. So then you also have the effect of a celebrity, you know, endorsing something. Mm
1: -hmm. So somebody
2: that's maybe not as critical won't accept that. So I kind of see like, although I may personally, you know, be interested in and agree with like a mind body concept. There are some people that are very much divided, which I'm sure you're aware. They're like, science is science. Like we only deal with exactly what we can measure.
0: Yeah.
2: And then obviously BGI is, like I said, more holistic than that. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So, like I said, I'm just curious how, you know, how do you deal with the people that are like, well, we can't measure that, so it's not real. Like, you know, how do you do that without getting into the realm of, like. Toxin removing stickers, you know, which is unfortunately not as far away as we wish it was.
0: Yeah. Um. So I. I mean, I haven't really. There at the seminars, they do talk a lot about the science behind it. It goes more into uh, quantum physics mm-hmm. and that that sort of science. Um, and there, I. I don't know. Uh. Bruce Lipton, he is a he has done a lot of research on the science of your belief system and and things like that and mm. um and also going into the more deeper into the science of BGI. I mm. haven't spent a whole lot of time uh, learning about the science because mm. I'm more of a I have to feel it and yeah. um. And experience it, uh, but it it is there. I haven't encountered an individual who specifically requested for the the science behind it, but I should.
2: Yeah, that's okay. Like I said, it, well, it's in some essence unfair to ask you to defend an entire field when, when you're still relatively new. But I mean, that's. I'm here just digging oh. for answers because I don't know anything about anything. So. But uh,
0: I mean, chiropractic in general, there, there's research on the rise. It's, there's not a whole lot because it's really hard to make objective measures with mm-hmm. uh, chiropractic because there's so many variables that are different. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are areas of the brain that are, uh, that are activated with adjustments. Mm-hmm. And the the research is out there; it's just a little harder to come by.
1: Okay.
2: Do you know if, um, like, for those studies, are they using something like fMRI, or would, would that even be possible? If you know, you're making an adjustment because you have to move the patient with the, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, with a device. I don't even know if you could do that. Do you know what kind of like, like, how they're they're gathering that data, or?
0: I can't quite remember. Th- I, if I had okay. the research in front of me, I'd be able to look at it. But I can't, yeah, I can't remember how exactly they they measure because that mm-hmm. would be difficult. They might have done it afterwards, um, but I can't quite remember at the moment.
2: Yeah, like a before and after scan of some sort.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of drawn back to my, like I said, my math professor, um, thinking about her like strong faith and then her you know, she has a PhD in math and teaches math. So I I went to a a school that was historically uh, Baptist, and then is no longer affiliated with a denomination anymore. Um, But I know that, uh, you know, a lot of my professors had, you know, some kind of faith or spiritual practice. So I'm kind of curious, like, at least to me, it seems like that's pretty important to you. So, you know, how do you feel like, I assume you have a faith-based practice. So how like how do you affect that feel like that affects your your clientele or your relationships with your clients?
0: I think it really encourages them.
1: Mhm.
0: Mhm. Uh the faith. Um I think it's important um especially in a place that uh a place of healing um to have God lead it. Um and it really especially when people uh are at really low lows, it reminds them that there is a that there is a higher power that cares mm-hmm. and that uh he's behind the healing
1: hmm
2: do you so you feel like um do you mostly get I'll assume you go to church, maybe you don't. But do you get like referrals from church or like you know, where do your clients come from?
0: Uh they they come from um various places. I don't uh I'm kind of I don't really they Sorry. No,
1: you're fine. <laughs> I'm
0: trying to. I'm trying to share without like being too specific because I don't. Right, want I know. To cross that line or anything. Right. But um.
2: And I, it's yeah. like I'm I kind of curious if like you have any stories you could share. And I like that's I know there's that line where it's like you can only say so much.
0: Yeah, and I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I'm not too certain of that line, so I prefer yeah. staying away from it. Right,
2: <laughs> play it safe. And yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you're a professional. That's what you do. So, mm-hmm. so no big deal. Um, we so what, before we started recording, um, I was asking you a little bit about, get you know, were you a triathlon or were you getting back into running, and I think you were telling me a little bit about maybe coming back into working out a little bit more now.
0: Oh yeah, um, so as of now, I've been able, I've been running a little bit more regularly, which is wonderful and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband and I are looking at doing a 50 K prop, possibly a 50 K trail race in November.
2: Okay. So, okay. So this is something I like, you have a history in running, so I won't be quite as hard on you, but I'm always, <laughs> I'm always like a little wary whenever we get, anyone wants to go from like couch to marathon or in this mm-hmm. case, like couch to 50 K, like, y- you know, you can get back to what you were doing quicker than somebody that's never done it before. But like,
0: mm.
2: are you anticipating any problems? Are you going to run, walk or you run, know, how walk, are you gonna... yep. okay.
0: <laughs> run, walk, not going to push it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just like... yeah,
0: We're just, we're just doing it as a, like as a long hike or something. Um, well, I mean, there's going to be running, but um, I'm not, not like push it uncomfortably or anything. And if the lead up to it, um, there's no pressure to do it. So if the lead, if I'm like, oh my gosh, that those aspirations are way too high, then I'll terminate. <laughs> no well, attachments. You,
2: you can always go, and then just get to an aid station. You just like stop. You have a picnic. I mean, you get, got your husband with you, so you can just like yeah. hang out. Like let's eat some bananas, and then yeah. hang out for a little while. Then you know continue on your way forward. I just. Yeah. I'm always concerned for people that are going to jump into like a big distance relatively quickly, yeah, um, for injury reasons, you know. Yeah,
0: That definitely. build up takes
2: a little while.
0: Mhm.
2: So, uh, one question I ask everybody, and you're not working out as much now, so it's not necessarily super recent, but I like to ask everybody if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life for recovery, what would that be?
0: If I could only eat one thing for the rest of my life for recovery, huh? Make sure um, this is
2: Gloria approved, because she. <laughs> uh,
0: Gloria probably said pizza. I'm
2: trying to remember what she said.
0: Um, but so for recovery.
2: Mm-hmm. So you just you just completed your 50k. You're completely exhausted. You need fuel. You you need to get your muscles back in shape because you just tore them all up. So you're going to need something protein wise, possibly, you know, what, what's your go-to item?
0: Oh my gosh, that's a tough question. <laughs> because I really like Brussels sprouts, but I know Brussels sprouts after a 50 K would probably not be good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's probably Gloria Proust. She seems to, seems to put, Glo- uh, put Brussels
1: Brussels sprouts in various recipes for us.
0: Oh, nice. Um, I I, gosh I don't I don't know like after probably like a smoothie of some sort but I don't really usually I don't really eat smoothies but after a 50k that would probably be good okay I don't think (laughs) I had a really good answer (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: okay everybody's a little bit different we have anything from like actual like recovery products made by a company to like uh, my interview with this this guy earlier in the week, Chris Douglas. He was going to yeah. go eat tacos.
0: Yeah, so. in, in reality, I'll probably eat like a burrito or something. But <laughs> every every day food probably Brussels sprouts and wheatgrass juice powder.
2: See, that's a perfect that's a perfectly good answer. Okay, Rebecca, if if people want to follow you, find you, get in touch with you, how do they do that?
0: Um, Facebook or my website.
2: And your website is
0: uh, AldridgeCairo dot com. So i E C H I R O.
2: I'll have that up on the screen so everybody okay. watching can see that. Thanks for so coming just, on today.
0: Yeah, thank you.